This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. Eating habits and how it's important that we spend time with those who are outside of God's family. Last week, I shared with you a message called Awareness, and we talked about the fact that Jesus and his disciples were not fasting. They were criticized for that, and so... John, uh, so the religious people missed the fact that the bridegroom was right there in the middle of them. Having said all that, we'll pick up in Mark chapter 2. Just as a bit of a housekeeping issue, let me just make you aware of something. Gail Boyd who, uh, and Kim Rollins, who both attend this church, Gail's sister, Barbara McIntosh, passed away on Thursday. Barbara was a long-term member of Sumner Life, and she came a few times here to the Church of Indian Lake. Her viewing today is from 5 to 8 p.m. at Madison Funeral Home. And the funeral, it will be tomorrow. I'll be officiating the funeral at 10 a.m. at Madison uh, Funeral Home. Uh, Typically the church, when it's a member like that, we provide a meal for the family. In this case, uh, they have declined that opportunity. Uh, So I know many of you are concerned about that, but their travel arrangements do not allow for that. So we're going to help defer the cost of their travel with what we normally spend on that meal. So that's just a little bit of information. So I know you guys will want to send a card to Gail Boyd and to Kim Rollins um, and um, let them know of our condolences. Mark chapter 2. Now Mark, I have really enjoyed going through Mark chapter 2. Next week will be our last week and we'll go to another series and I just imagine that we'll come back to Mark at different times. Mark is an action-packed, fast-paced book. Now, for years, people have always said, and I've been one of these who have said this, if you're a new believer, you need to read the book of John. I don't know who started that. I know that for years I have told people to do that because John, uh, the, the Gospel of John does strongly put Jesus as God, but it's a very complicated book. In fact, in my devotions, I was reading a John 7, chapter 7 this week, and it was just a very complicated word. So I am... As I've studied Mark, changing that opinion, and I think that new believers might need to start in Mark because Mark moves so fast and gives us so much information on Jesus. Now, in the book of Mark, there's only four parables. And Jesus gave many parables. He taught in parables or he taught in stories or contemporary illustrations. The book of Mark only gives four of those. And two of those parables are found in these two very short but meaningful scriptures. Let's read it together in verse 21. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 21. And I'm reading today out of the New Living Translation. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new clothing? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. The title of my teaching today is Compatibility. Compatibility. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would take these parables, these illustrations that you gave, and Lord, we ask that you would make them truth to us. And Lord, we want to be in step with what you're doing, what you're saying, and we want to Live with all the fresh new things you have for us. So help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd I'd be surprised if you knew who this was, but Ignat Philip 
Zimove. Zimove did something very, very significant. In the mid-1800s, there was a very high mortality rate for women who were delivering children. It was 10 to 35%. And Zimowie, he, he discovered something very important in the mid-1800s. He discovered that if doctors would wash their hands, the death rate dropped below 1%. If they would simply wash their hands. Now that seems very, very common sense to you and I, but 150 years ago, this was a revolutionary thought process. So he went and he got all of the data, and it was a proven scientific fact. But still, you're not going to believe this. It took 20 years after it was proven for doctors to start incorporating this in their practice. In fact, he was dead before he even saw this as a common practice. Can you believe that? He had all the data. He had all the proof. He had everything he needed to show that change was needed. But people still didn't change. Now let me talk about something because I, I want you to be ready for something. Change is going to happen. New technology is going to happen. New thought processes are going to be exposed to you. You are going to discover over the next few years whole new ways of thinking that's going to challenge everything you know. So the question I have for you, are you ready for that? Are you ready for everything you've known as normal to be challenged? I'm not talking just about the things that we know always never change at the Word of God. I'm talking about when God is doing something fresh and new and different. Are you ready for it? Because don't you want to be ready for everything God has for you? Don't you want to be part of something fresh and real and at the cutting edge of what the Lord wants to do? If that's the case, then I want to show you a couple of things from these parables today that is going to prepare your heart for everything that God has. These two parables, Jesus said them quickly, and he used common illustrations that people could understand. But they were screaming out something very loud and clear. He was saying, things are different now. I have changed everything. And he used that by talking about the cloth and talking about the wineskin. Now, keeping in line with the theme we had last week, I, I need to talk to those who are under 25 again. I know we did this last week, but, but I want to educate you some more. Believe it or not, there was a time when if you had a hole in your pants, it was not desirable. Rips and tears and holes were uncool. I know that's hard to believe now. Now, on a personal level, I love the fact that holes in your jeans are somewhat popular now because my boys rip holes in their jeans about every other day. And in the Allison clothing budget, we need for that to remain popular. So kids, keep ripping holes in your jeans until I can get some more money. So there was a time when holes in your pants weren't desirable. And I know this is going to really stretch you again, students, young people, but there was something called patches. And patches 
were small pieces of cloth that actually covered the hole. And you would sew those on. Now I remember, well, hey, hey, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Now I want you to imagine about the 1983-84 version of Aaron Allison, smaller version, believe it or not. I remember ripping a hole in my pants and seeing the iron-on patch and gathering around and just thinking how cool that was to have an iron, uh, that the iron could actually put the patch on the pants. So I got my blue jeans, my iron-on patch, and white Velcro shoes, bright white. None of the shoelaces stuff. We want to zip in, zip out, Velcro. And then Ocean Pacific. Now, I live 2,000 miles away from the Pacific Ocean, but OP. I want to have my OP T-shirt on, my jeans with the iron patch, my white Velcro shoes. That was cool. The surfer look. Patches used to actually exist. Now, in this story, Jesus is talking about patches, and he's very clear that the garment represents the old way of doing things. It represents the Old Testament. It represents the law. It represents the Old Covenant. And he had come and, 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 and was saying that you cannot just put a patch over something that has been torn. It was proven over and over again because of the sinfulness of man. Because our hearts are wrong. There is something wrong with the old system. It was torn and it was broken. And a patch just wasn't going to fix it. Now, you can have something tear, and you can kind of fix it. You can put a patch, or you can sew it up, or, you know, if there, there's a hole somewhere strategic, you could put a jacket over it, or untuck your shirt and hide the hole. But once there's been a rip in a garment, I don't care what you do, it's never the same again. It's never quite as strong as it was before. And because of the sinfulness of man, the old way of doing things had, we had seen that the system was torn. And I want you to write this down in the back of your bulletin if you're taking notes. Jesus is saying here clearly, you can't patch what has been torn. You can't do it. Jesus was comparing the law to the old garment. And here's basically what he was saying. God never intended Christianity or the way of Jesus or the gospel to be a patch for Judaism. It wasn't like Jesus came and he was just trying to patch up Judaism because it didn't work out like God thought it would. You know, when Jesus came, it was a whole new deal. Things had changed. The old garment, you, you, he was saying, listen, when change occurs, and did I tell you that change is going to happen? Remember me telling you that? When change happens, something is going to give. There's a new way of doing things and there's an old way of doing things. And one or the other is going to win because you cannot put the new patch on the old old um, cloth. And, and I think in our lives sometimes there are some things that are torn in our lives that we're desperately trying to patch up. A dysfunctional leadership team at our workplace. Relationships that are broken. There, there, there's a tear in our lives. And we're desperately trying to patch it up, but we can't. Because there's just some things that once it's torn, 
to never change again. If any of you have a broken cassette tape deck, there is no reason to repair that. It's broken. You can't buy new tapes. Let it go. In our lives, there's things that are just broken. A couple weeks ago, my laptop was broken. I'd had it for five years, and for several weeks, um, actually for several months, as, as I'm trying to work for you guys, I'm trying to finish my master's degree, I'd put up the laptop, and just the face of it, just out of nowhere, just flipped down. And, and that wasn't ideal, functionally, but we got through it, and then one day it totally crashed. We tried to go repair it, found out that the motherboard, I didn't know there was something named as such, the motherboard, there is a motherboard inside your computer. The motherboard was fried. And here was the interesting thing that happened. You know that the computer repairman gave me the price, and it was just as cheap to buy a new one as it was to repair the old one. And some of us, we are investing so much in trying to repair things that are ripped in our lives and broken in our lives. And, and we are just dedicated to that old piece of cloth that is torn. And God's saying, I have something new for you. And it's going to be better for you if we do something totally new and totally different. One of the hardest things in life to do is to discern when it is good to try to fix something and when you should just let something go. Because Things are changed. So here's what I want to say in conclusion. To, you can't patch what has been toward. So what should you do? Let God transform you. Can I tell you that God is not a mechanic and God is not a surgeon. He doesn't take things that are broken and just fix them. What He does is He takes things that are broken and He transforms them. Behold, you are a new creature in Christ. The old has gone away. New things have come in your life. You see, when you reach the end and you say, I can't fix my life anymore. I can't repair that relationship. I cannot get past this dysfunctional behavior. I've tried to put on the patch. I've tried to fix it myself. And you give up and you say, I cannot fix this tear in my cloth. Then you are the exact place you need to be God's transformation, transformational power in your life. God wants to change you. And can I tell you, the old way of doing things are changing. We are entering a new world. This is not only the 21st century in our day. It is the 21st century in our mindset. The world has changed, and this is a day of great opportunity. But we have to let God transform our lives and transform our environment. And not just try to keep patching up the old. I tell you that in the church world, it's a new day. It is a new day in the church world. And I just want to let you know that denominationalism, those days are over. That's the old garment. The days when we're trying to promote our denomination and just work with people in our denomination and just try to think that we are the keepers of the truth. And because we hold the truth, we are better than every other church in the city and every other church in the county. That is the old cloth. That thought process has been torn, and you can't patch it up. You have to let a new mindset happen. Can I tell you that I know it's God's will for this church to grow. It is His will for us to get bigger, but it's also His will for First Baptist Hendersonville to grow. 
And it's His will for Northeast Church to grow. And it's His will for Long Hollow Baptist to grow. And I think they've been in God's will for a few months now. It's His will for the new church plants to grow. Because as long as there's one more person in Hendersonville, in Sumner County, in North Nashville who doesn't know Jesus, there is room for everyone to grow. And it's time for us to work together, to pray together, to plan together, to lay down the pride and arrogance to say, we're the best, we're the holders of the truth, we've got the best system, we've got the best church. Woohoo! Look at us. How about lower together and let's say, let's look to the cross and look to Jesus because it's a new day and you can't fix the old system. There is a transformational power and God, I believe, is transforming His churches to work together to reach the kingdom of God and to lay down the old labels that used to divide us. What about in your life? Because there's transformational power needed in your life because the day of self-help is over. Your Zig Ziglar books, and your Tony Robbins info commercials are not going to change your life. They're not going to change your behavior. That is the old system, and it's torn. And you can keep putting patches over it over and over again. I'm going to patch this up with a new self-help book, with more psychology. But you need a transformation from the inside out. The Jesus way that says, let God transform. Form you. Let God do something new. Because all the time we're taking the ways of the world and the ways of God and we're trying to mix them up. And we're trying to patch spiritual problems and put a worldly patch on it. And that cannot happen because it'll tear away. It'll tear away. We need God's absolute transforming power. Now, I don't know if I'm the only person who's this way. But I've noticed that as I'm getting older, that I'm just less flexible. Not only physically, but in life too. And you know, stretching is a good thing. Stretching is a good thing. Now, Pastor David's really interesting because maybe you don't know him personally. He's a great speaker, great leader, and all that. But everything to Pastor David is awkward. He just says he labels everything in the world as awkward. And one day he just said a statement that's just kind of stuck with me. He said, you know, watching other people stretch is just awkward for everybody. I can honestly say that thought had never crossed my mind. But now every time that I'm at the park getting ready to jog and I see people stretching, I just think, I'm sure glad David Huff's not here because he would be uncomfortable right now. Then when I go see a football team uh, play and they do the pregame stretches, I think, sure glad David Huff's not here because those football players stretching is awkward to him. So Margie, I'm already, we need to pray because when Roman and Jude gets in, into sports and stuff, they're going to have to stretch, David. And you're, you're going to have to deal with the issue. We'll start praying for you now. Stretching physically is a good thing to do. And as we get older, I hear that, that we need to stretch more. But it's not a physical thing, too. It's a mental thing. That as we get older, we, we don't want to stretch ourselves. We get less flexible. I have the great honor of being the chauffeur every morning to Abby Elizabeth Allison. And I take her, and it's pretty much the same thing. We get into the car. I have my coffee. We put on Way FM, and... We love Way FM, but they're pretty predictable too. They pretty much play the same song list over and over again. 
Um, and we go through the carpool line. And one day, I was taking her to the carpool line a couple of years ago, doing our predictable thing we do. And you are not going to believe this. The principle changed the direction of the carpool line. And he made us drive around the back of the school and change directions. And on that particular morning, I was ticked. I mean, I was like, what? How stupid is this? Are you kidding me? Why? Because I like the predictability. And I didn't want change. Because this is the way we did it every morning. And, and I'm finding myself that as I get older, more and more things are like that. I don't like things to change. And that's why Jesus made the point about the wineskin. If you're taking notes, is I want you to write this down. You can't stretch what's been worn. You can't stretch what's been worn. The leather wineskin at a certain age lost its expandability and it wouldn't stretch anymore. And so when new wine would come, that new wine would ferment and expand. And because the old wineskin didn't have the ability to stretch, it would explode. And when that explosion happened, it ruined not just the wineskin, but it ruined the wine also. And can I tell you this? is When we lose our ability to stretch, when we lose the ability to expand our mind, when we lose the ability to learn and look at things in a new way, then we quit incorporating all the new things God has for us. And this, under the context of this ancient system here, the, the, the Old Testament law had reached its limitations. I mean, people were not getting any more spiritual, and they needed something new to happen. And so you would think Jesus would come, and sometimes we think, oh, Jesus was just so great that he just said, oh, yeah, forget the law. You guys just follow me, grace and peace. But if you go back and if you read the Gospels more closely, it's not that way. Jesus actually took the law and he stretched it. And he expanded it way past just rules and rituals. When it came to murder, the old wineskin said, don't kill somebody. Just don't do it. If you don't kill anyone, you're okay. You didn't break that law. But Jesus said, if you hate someone in your heart, you've committed murder in your heart. And he expanded the law. When it came to adultery, the law was really simple. It said, you know, just have relationship with just your spouse. Jesus took that wineskin and he stretched it. And he said, if you even lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Now, he didn't do that to give us more rules because he's not into that. He did it to point us to the sinfulness of who we are. Know that we're not going to get right with God by just simply being rule abiders. We're going to get right with God when we repent and say, God, change me from the inside out. Change the corruptness in me. Change the part of me that's wrong. And that is the new wine. The new wine, the new standard that Jesus said. The new wine says you have to be perfect. The new wine says you can never make a mistake. And we just throw our hands down and say we can't do it. And Jesus says, 
You're right. I've done it for you. You're right. I've paid the price for you. You're right. Exchange your sinfulness and your inability to to live the life you want to and instead take my righteousness. Jesus stretched us so we would recognize our sinful hearts. So what should we do? I want you to write this down. So let God stretch you. Let's not become inflexible people as people who have been redeemed, as people who are saved, as people who have exchanged our life for the life of God. Let us allow God to stretch us. What are some practical ways that God might be stretching you? Well, tonight is our last 242 group. And we want you all to go, even though it's the last group, why not go tonight? And they're going to start again on January 10th. And why not say, God, I know it's not always comfortable going to a smaller group, but I'm going to let you stretch me. I'm going to let you stretch me, Lord, because I don't want to be an old wineskin. I want you to stretch me with new relationships. Some of you who may have been with the same people forever, maybe you need to meet new people and let God stretch you. We, we stretch ourselves by exposing ourselves to new perspectives and thoughts. Maybe you need to listen to a preacher through a podcast that is from a different faith perspective than you. Maybe you need to, when I say a Christian faith that is, 